Hi, I'm Anthony. And I'm Abby. And this is our new Let's Talk Games podcast about The Last of Us 2. Yeah, so Let's Talk Games season 2, I suppose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if you followed us for Let's Talk Games and Final Fantasy 7, thank you very much. We're back. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. So this is our like pre-play mini little thing. Yeah. So, so if look. you haven't listened to our other podcasts... We were a married couple who love gaming and books and just stories, I think, is yeah, our thing. Yeah, stories is a big thing. Um, Anything that's got a story in it we like. So last year, Abby played through Final Fantasy VII for the first time before the remake came out. And we did an entire podcast on it. And that's available online if you want to check it out. And this year, we're going to play through The Last of Us 2 together. So Last of Us, I actually played first, which you is did. really unusual. And I have a bit of a weird, well, not that weird, but not super exciting history with gaming. I gamed quite casually with my brother's growing up, but none of us were like huge gamers. And then I didn't do it for years while I was at university. I think got into it a little bit again in my final year. Mm-hmm. And I got into it through, first of all, The Walking Dead, um, the Telltale Games mm-hmm. version. And then... You got a PlayStation 3, I think. Cheap. I'm trying to think. Before... Before that, there was actually um, the Batman trilogy. That's also Telltale. No, no, the Arkham games. The Arkham games. Yeah, they're good. So I don't know how I ended up on those, but I played the Arkham games. And then when I graduated, I was gifted a PlayStation 3. Not as like a graduation gift, like Someone somebody was getting rid of it. Yeah. And I bought the Bioshock. Bioshock? Yeah. The Last of Us and a game called Two Souls. Yeah. Never played Two Souls. <laughs> I don't think you missed much. Played Bioshock, and I don't understand how looking back. Because I lived in a creepy basement apartment in, like, the rough part of the city. And you got no internet or signal in our living room. So, how I got through that... <laughs> but you did it somehow. And then you played The Last of Us. Yeah, and that was amazing. Like, yeah. I think it set me up to have an unrealistic expectation. for games. <laughs> so yeah, Abby got me to play it last year. We actually bought a PlayStation for me to play it, and we're looking forward to some, something else. Oh, we're looking for Red Dead 2. Red Dead 2. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I not, I hadn't had a PlayStation since PlayStation 2, so I missed loads of exclusive games, and The Last of Us was the first one I played, and we like, just devoured it. It was so good. We really enjoyed the story. Um, we should also mention The Last of Us 2 is sitting downstairs in our PlayStation, ready for us to play. Um, so we will be jumping straight into the game when we finish recording here and then recording and what we'll be doing is playing a little bit recording playing a little bit recording so each episode will be us getting a little bit further through the game but we just wanted to do a check in on what we already know how we're feeling yeah. so we know nothing yeah we've deliberately avoided all spoilers for this game which is my life I don't yeah. like spoilers so, so I've seen... like just really binged Instagram and I say goodbye to it for the weekend <laughs> yeah we, we haven't um, seen any trailers we haven't seen any press stuff. We haven't checked out the leaks. So all I know is that there's a Ellie plays the guitar. I watched that like teaser trailer from like a year ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Ellie has a tattoo. Yep. And she's a bit older. Because we have seen the cover of the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's what we know. That's all we know. Um. So we're going into this totally blind, which I'm really excited about. I love going into games blind. I'm nervous. Yeah, I was going to say, Abby is really nervous. She's never gone in... Like, you were really excited about Red Dead 2, and you yeah. weren't nervous about it. No, but I was excited about Red Dead 2, but I wasn't, like... This excited. This is dif- this is new for me. Yeah. I think I have been stung a few times by things really building up their expectation and falling flat. Yeah. And one of the reasons I hate 
don't hate that's harsh you dislike trailers and things is because it builds up this expectation for me so but I have built this up all by myself for like, years for years and I've shared this game and I was literally talking to a friend at work about it yeah her bo- her boyfriend is like oh I can't go around tonight I'm playing The Last of Us 2 and she got really annoyed and you explained to her like no this is a big deal and she's actually like come around on it even though she's like I haven't heard from him since this afternoon yeah I'm jealous <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like I'm really excited but I'm really scared that I've like built it up too much. I don't think you have. I think it's going to be excellent. We've played a lot of Naughty Dog games. We've played through all of the Uncharted's about... We haven't finished Uncharted 4. Yeah. We really enjoyed all of them although was it 3 we didn't like too much? Or 2? 3 I think. I think it was 3. We loved 2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and yeah like Naughty Dog make good games. And also the Crash Bandicoot games. And, yeah Naughty Dog make good games to tell good stories. This is like, There's a lot of hype behind this but it's going to be good. Um, so the next time you'll hear us which will be later, this, just after this, for you, but for us, there'll be some time passing. Um, we will have played the first little bit of the game and we'll be talking about I'm it. Scared. So we're really excited to get going. Um, Bye! Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you're ready. Hello and welcome to Let's Talk Game Season 2, The Last of Us 2. There's a lot of twos in that sentence. I'm Abby. I'm Anthony. And we're back. And am I the baddie? <laughs> so we have finished playing our first round of The Last of Us 2. We... I'm not planning on talking about everything we've played so far because no. we think we've probably got a bit above a normal episode level. So two things before we start. One, there's going to be spoilers. And two, we've covered about an hour. We're going to cover about an hour's worth of play in yeah, this yeah. recording. So I just want to get straight into it, to be honest. Yeah. The scene opens up. I was so stressed. <laughs> I, like, so nervous. Abby was so nervous about, like, not just what's going to happen in the game but she was worried it wasn't going to live up to her expectations which you know because you've listened to the yeah. previous five seconds of this <laughs> podcast so it opens up with Joel like polishing down this old guitar and talking to Tommy and it's actually a really helpful little recap it is. for players about what happened at the end of the first game it's done in a way that's not too much for a returning player either so a new player gets a good introduction and we get a good reminder you know what it actually really struck me as a returning player, the replaying of that last like few scenes where you're going through the hospital seemed a lot more harrowing from the perspective it was showing. Yeah. Like it's very heroic when you do it as Joel. Maybe heroic's not really the right word, but he's saving Ellie and that's kind of the lens you're seeing it through. Whereas this was kind of like Joel the murder Yeah. Man. Especially when you kill the doctors. Yeah. Like I was thinking about when we we're watching about like how much knowledge Joel just ended there. Like, how many surgeons do you think there still are that aren't controlled by the government? Very few, probably. And Tommy basically said, like, asks if Ellie actually believes him. And Joel's like... She seems to. "Mm, Not convinced. It also establishes an important precedent for the game, which is that, from what we can gather, the only people who know that Ellie is immune are Ellie, Tommy, and Joel. Yeah. Um, And you see that later on when Ellie puts on a gas mask around Dina to kind of go like well you know oh no I need to wear a gas mask too yeah don't worry they're keeping it very quiet and something that I found really interesting was Tommy says oh I'll take this to the grave yeah but he said I can't say I would have done different yeah and I really liked that it was very interesting and this kind of plays on a discussion we've had on and off about this game is that Joel made the wrong decision but Joel didn't make the wrong decision no could you could you really sacrifice Ellie no after going through so much with her objectively it would save millions and Ellie was ready to do it but if it was you on that table 
I don't think I could do it. No, I couldn't do it. No way. And it's even worse for Joel because for Joel, it's not like Ellie's his surrogate daughter and he's already lost his daughter once. Mm -hmm. Like there's so much pain there. Um, There's no way he could do it. No. And I like that. I like that it kind of acknowledges that it wasn't necessarily the right decision, but it also wasn't necessarily a decision. Yeah. Or the right, the wrong decision for the right reasons. Yeah. Or the right decision for the wrong reasons. They get back. Oh, I've got a question for you before we continue. Can Joel trust Tommy? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think it's just implicit, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, they've gone through so much together, even though their relationship was a bit fractured at the start of the last game. I think they're really tight again. They seem to be patrolling together all the time. I think they've gone straight back to... Well, maybe not straight back, because the beginning of this game covers, like, four, four years. years. But they've gone back to the relationship they had prior to the outbreak and at the beginning of the outbreak when they were fireflies. And they were surviving together. And actually, I don't know if Joel ever was a firefly. I don't think he was. I don't think he was. I think that's where they split ways. Anyway, that's not the point. So they get back from wherever they've been, and there's this beautiful like opening on their way back where they're going through the snow and the horses. It's really beautiful. The I game love is so pretty. That like apparently all the games I like, you ride through horses. The snow and horses. In fact, it wasn't snow at the start. Remember, it was grass and fields because you took that picture from the top of the hill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It was really beautiful. And I was talking about like just how pretty the game was. It's so pretty. Um, and so vibrant in colour. Mm-hmm. Once we're back in, yeah. Joel goes to see Ellie. And the first thing that really struck me was that Ellie and Joel weren't living together. Like, That's really surprising. And not just that, Ellie seems to have quite a good little teenage pad she's picked up. Yeah, like she has kind of like a garage... Conversion? Situation. She has a kitchen, a bedroom, a bathroom, a little living room. And as we find out later, like, if it's not stocked then, it gets stocked pretty well. Yeah. Um, and she's, like, drawing and just... Just chilling. Yeah. Oh, it's awkward, though. It's so awkward. We actually thought this was in the future. Yeah. Because the, the relationship between her and Joel seems so strained in this little bit. hmm But even though it's awkward as hell, Joel kind of manages to bring it back. Yeah. So he shows her the guitar that he's now found strings for. And... It's basically like a little bit of guitar simulator. Which I think is going to come up again. Yeah, for sure. It was sure. cute though, although the lyrics to the song that Joe sang oh my God. were so inappropriate. So, but it was also like so obvious, like you're not hiding your metaphor there. Yeah. It was basically like, if you die, I die. Yeah. He's, 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 he's telling Ellie that like he'll do anything for her. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if she got that. Yeah. But it does kind of like break the ice a little bit. He's like, well, I'll teach you. I'll come around tomorrow. That's right, the yeah. First day. Because he promised her in the first game that he'd teach her. Mm-hmm. And then it's four years later. <laughs> Which is a bit surprising. And it's the night after some sort of party situation. And I I really enjoyed the world building in this little bit. But a heck of a lot happened in that party. A heck of a lot happened in that party. So it starts off with somebody knocking at the door. And it's a guy called Jesse here to get Ellie. Because Ellie slept in. And Ellie's like grungy and just... Rolls on, out of bed. And throws on like a hoodie. Yeah. And, and she sniffs herself. He's like, yeah, this is, still, this is still good. She's such a teenager. But it like opens up with... Jessie being like, oh, big night last night. <laughs> and Ellie's instantly like, oh, like Dina kissed me in front of everybody like you know what she's like don't and he's like what did I kiss you like he had no idea this had happened I think he did I think he <laughs> yeah, was just messing he was just being a boy but um it's quickly established that like Jesse and Dina have just broken up yeah 
and they've been together for quite a long time. And Ellie, Jesse, and Dina are friends. And Ellie is paranoid about ruining her friendship with Dina and ruining her friendship yeah. with Jesse. So, but at this point, she's not really too worried about the Dina thing. At least externally, because she doesn't think that Dina... Really, it was, she was just drunk. Yeah, she's just Dina being yeah. Dina. And Seth said some sort of bigoted statement. And I assumed Seth was the same age as Jesse, Dina, and Ellie. And I was quite surprised when you find out... Later, he's a bit older. Yeah. It's real sad to be like, oh, even in the zombie apocalypse. There's still bigots. And Joel then punched <laughs> Seth. Seth. So Joel's, and I think that really, the implication is that really pissed Ellie off. Mm-hmm. That Joel's still stepping up to protect her because she's strong and independent now. I think Ellie just tries to downplay herself as well. Yeah. Like. Does we want anyone to know what, like how, like, survivally she can get? Not even that. I think she, like, just tries to, like, downplay herself a little bit. Like, she obviously has a lot of skills. She's literally the most important person on the planet. Yeah. But she doesn't want to draw attention. Yeah. But she doesn't also doesn't know she's the most important person on the planet. No, only Joel and Tommy know that. She, like, needed her life to mean something in the first game. And I think she's maybe in this game accepted that it doesn't. Or she's trying to find it again. But doesn't necessarily have, like, a depression that would potentially come along with that. Yeah. Can we talk for a second about her belongings? Yeah, in the go house? for it. We spent a long time trying to work out yeah. what DVDs she had. So, because one of the things I found really interesting was what she has in her little house. And I think you can infer from that that she's doing really well for herself in this little mm-hmm. town. She's got a huge flat screen TV. Mm-hmm. She's got lo- a big DVD collection. She's got a PlayStation 3 with video games. She's playing Jack and Daxter. Um, all of her DVDs are anime, which I found really cute. Yeah. Oh, she's such a nerd. She's got a um, co- big comic book collection. Um, which she's carried over from the first game. She's collecting trading cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's got lots of animal, um, like, bi- biology books that she's sketching from. Mm-hmm. And I just really liked all that little thing. Like, I don't think a lot of that stuff would be easy to get hold of. Like, yeah. she wouldn't just be able to go and get that. She has to be earning money or have really strong trading power to get hold of these things. So I think it, you find out that she goes out on patrol to find if infected and keep the town safe. Yeah. Whatever she that is, she must get paid really well for it and get a lot of respect for it. I don't know. I don't imagine, like, an economy so much as you do. I imagine it's all trading power. Well, the thing about trading power is people doing jobs like her don't have time to gain something to trade with, so they must get... Something. Something like scripts or something that say, like, oh, this is worth, like, five chickens, you know. I'm, but, you know, like... Yeah. She will have to be paid. Uh, unlike maybe some a farmer who will just trade his... Sheep. Yeah. Um, so I just found that really interesting, and I really loved us both exploring her house to find out the stuff that she had and what yeah, she found sure. important. And as you, like, travel through the town, so all the stuff that I've just covered, you kind of find out as you're walking through the town with Jesse. It's really vibrant. There's a big contrast, I think, at the moment from the first oh, game. Oh, the beginning of the first game, the, the quarantine zone. But even the town, when you visit that city in the first game, they're just working it out. Yeah, that's right. It's been four years. It's actually really idyllic. Mm-hmm. Like you got kids playing in the snow and an old doggy and mm-hmm. horses everywhere and vibrant trading. Like looks like they've got tons of stuff. Like all the shops were packed with meat and packed mm-hmm. with clothes. It actually made me really anxious because mm-hmm. it's too perfect. I'm really scared that everybody in the city is going to die. Yeah, I'm really anxious. Everybody. About that. Really anxious about it. Me too. If that old doggy dies, I'm quitting. I'm sorry. Well, somebody's already over. stolen his blanket. Do you remember from the notice board? Yeah. So, 
Maria wants to see Ellie before she goes out on her patrol. And I think this assumption is Maria's like the town boss. Well, or... isn't Maria Tommy's wife? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, you're right. So I think she's just the coordinator. Yeah. Like basically the mayor, the coordinator, the. And she's in the diner. Having a breakfast. <laughs> and I kind of love this whole situation because I'm like, they live in a world where you have to just get on with it if you're hungover. To be fair, though, working in the cold probably helps. Yeah, nothing like, nothing like, like, right up. Like, frost. And also, like, all the romantic entanglements just have to... You just have to get over it. Yeah, you just have to leave them at the door when you get working. Yeah. That's kind of what Jesse is saying as well. Like, it's fine. Like, don't don't stress. Yeah, we've got stuff to do. Like, And, and there's actually a little bit of pressure on what he's why he's getting Ellie. Yeah. Because Tommy and Joel have been out for too long. Yeah. Um, and they need to be relieved. They're going to be really tired. They've been out for like two days. Mm-hmm. Um, they can't have been out for two days because the party was last night. That's a good point. They've just been out for too long. Yeah. But before they go anyway, where Maria wants Seth to say something to Ellie. And Seth, it turns out, is like a man in his 50s or 60s. Yeah. Who awkwardly apologises for being a bigot and gives her sandwiches for her and Dina to have as they go on the patrol. Steak sandwiches as well, which I think are probably worth a lot. Now, I have some interesting opinions about this little bit. Mm Mm-hmm. Where I'm trying to decide if we hate Seth on principle, because bigots are disgusting, or if we give him a little bit of leeway... Because not only did he apologise, but he made sandwiches. He tried to, like... For me, it depends on how genuine that apology was. If Maria made him do it and made him make the sandwiches, then she's just trying to... She's just making her time work. Yeah. If it's, yeah, Maria, I know I messed up, like, how do I make it right? Or I made her some sandwiches, you think that'll help? It makes it different. And I don't know whether, in the end of the game, like, as the game goes on, whether we'll find out... If Seth really is a bigot, or if he was just drunk and really sorry about what he did. Yeah. Um, One of the things I really quite like about it is Jesse is such a teenager here. Ellie. Where did I get Jesse from? Jesse's the boy. Jesse's the boy. I I wanted to talk about Jesse in a second. Ellie is such a teenager here and Mm -hmm. she's just like not engaging at all. Which I think is fine. Oh yeah, totally fine. So she's not interested in the sandwiches and she gives the bigot sandwiches as she calls them. Yeah, I love that. What's these? She's like, oh, bigot sandwiches. Mmm, smells good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so he happily takes his bigot sandwiches. So... He's going out to relieve with somebody, I'm not sure who. To relieve Tommy and uh, Joel. And Ellie and Dina are doing the creek trails around, so it's basically kind of like there's patrol loops. Yeah, to make time. They're looking for infected. I think they're looking for survivors as well. Yeah, so they, Ellie's never done the creek tra- trails before, but it's something that Dina has done quite a few times. Yeah, it's established that like, it's Dina's route. Mm-hmm. It makes you question where... Dina's normal partner is. Yeah. And they find Dina having a snowball fight with a bunch of like little kids. Yeah. And it's a great way to introduce a character. Great way to introduce a character. Dina comes over, quickly talks to Ellie and is like, oh, you know, I shouldn't have kissed you in front of all those people. Yeah. And Ellie's immediately like, oh, don't worry, I'm not like looking into it. Like, don't worry, don't worry. (laughs) And it's so hilarious because you already know you're like, that's not what she was saying. Yeah. Like, she wasn't saying, I, I, I shouldn't have kissed you. She was saying, I shouldn't have done it in front of all those people. Yeah. Which you know is fair. So you get involved with the snowball fight and it's a nice little way 
to kind of show you the aiming and the lock-on mechanics. For throwables, because yeah. I think we thought it was the mechanics for shooting guns. And I was like, uh-oh. This is horrible, but it's fine for throwables. And it is, and it's... This game, more so than any other, like, sequel I've played, kind of assumes you've played the first game. It really does, doesn't it? it yeah. Like, mechanics on the um, infected, they're not really explained. No. So, yeah, this game more than... It doesn't explain really the throwing mechanics and stuff it does like it does a little bit it's not like there's nothing it isn't like you can use bricks to knock to stun it it does that for like a split second Mm -hmm. or you can use glass balls to distract people as well as throw them at them which is something that most of the time when you play a sequel they run you through a whole tutorial again yeah so you win the snowball fight and you collect your horses and you you get told by Jesse like be safe, don't be stupid. So they head out of the town into the snow, and it's really deep. And the perspective shifts, which is not really something we've ever experienced in The Last of Us before. No. And it's this group in a big building. A really nice house. Yeah. And they've got fires on, they're all asleep, and a woman wakes up. And Anthony was like, that's Ellie. (laughs) No, it's not. It doesn't even look like Ellie. So this woman gets up and she goes over to talk to a man that's standing by the window. And they talk about the view and like just kind of niceties. Yeah. But what you really notice is this girl is built. She is buff as hell. And he's like, right, come on. I really, I want to show you something. And he takes her out to like just out, out into the snow and they travel for a bit, and this is kind of your next mini tutorial on like crouching, crouching and, and jumping. And they also do something really interesting in this section where they're kind of portraying this woman as a bit of a badass. Mm-hmm. Like she's having banter with the guy, and he seems a little bit deferential to her. Um, but then there's a bit where they're going along a cliff edge, uh-huh. and she gets really scared of the of the um, the, the fall. Mm-hmm. And it's a really humanizing moment for her as a character. Like up until this point, she's been a bit like, n- n- like just a bit too hard. I don't know, because that happens in, like, the first two minutes. I, I felt like this woman is impenetrable. But that moment to me meant, oh, you know, she's, she's a person. Yeah. And then she starts joking with him as well after that. Um, I don't know. For me, it wasn't early enough to get that impression okay. of her being a badass. Like, just because you're strong. Doesn't mean you're a badass. Yeah. Like, that's definitely the case from what I... Th- well, what I would then anyway? maybe say is they've made sure to put in the formation of your impression of her as a character mm-hmm. that she does have fears. Oh yeah, for sure. And that she can confront them. And he takes her through this trail and at the edge of it they're over a cliff face looking out onto the city. Yeah, the same one that Joel and Ellie and co are all living in. And this is where you find out she's called Abby. Yeah. So, <laughs> am I the baddie? <laughs> and he's Owen. Yeah. And they're basically like, we've finally found it. We're finally here. We we can do it. We can get him. And Owen is like, well, but how? This is a yeah. city. This isn't a town. And she's like, oh, we'll corner one of the groups. We'll get them to talk. And he basically says, no, look, we're out. Yeah. We've come this far. But what we want is not worth any... He says, like, not at any cost. Yeah, he even says, like, I would do pretty much anything, but not at any cost. Mm -hmm. And that's a really big deal. And her reaction to this is really negative. Yeah, she's like, oh, I knew I couldn't trust you. And she storms off to do it... On her own. Yeah. Which is very, like, such a temper. 
And it's also so stupid. She's yeah. in like the middle of a so- snowstorm. She hasn't got her gear. Mm-hmm. She left all of her gear back at the house. Um, you find out later she's just got the bullets in her pistol. Yeah. She's taking spare ammo with her. Um, and it gets spooky fast. Yeah. So there's a blizzard coming in. And this is where you fight your first infected. And there's definitely much more of a fighting mechanic in this game. You yeah. could fight a little bit as Joel. But there's a lot more hand-to-hand scrappiness. Yeah. Before, or maybe that's just how I'm playing it. You are being a lot more aggressive than you usually are in games. So this was... Um, I don't know. I always think I'm quite aggressive in games. It's something you always tell me off for. Well, one thing I wanted to bring up just before we get to the fight as well. The bit where you're going through the canyon and you've got to push past that corpse. <gasps> you really didn't like that. Neither of us liked that bit. So you find all these people who have died of exposure. Yeah. Um, and we went back and forth on whether they were survivors or infected. Because as far as I'm concerned, infected don't freeze to death. But I thought they might have been frostbitten infected who just couldn't animate anymore. Yeah. And this is something that Anthony's come up with a few times throughout the course. Yeah. Like, this theory of well, frostbite could kill infected. I just think that, like, if they got all frostbitten, they can't move anymore and then they'll starve to death. But yeah, you break through the corpse, you get out into this open area, and then they start coming out of the snow. Yeah, so you get jumped on, and it is a lot more hand-to-hand. It's very frantic. But I don't know, I think one of the things we've really noticed is how much I've come along as a, as a gamer since playing the first one. Mm-hmm. It definitely felt a bit more competent. <laughs> a lot more competent. Really fun to watch. Because Abby's obviously, just to reiterate, Abby's the one playing, I'm just watching. So yeah, it was it was fun. There was more. There isn't a lot to say about the Abby bit. No, just that this it is kind a... of introduces the hand to hand combat. It introduces the idea that you have to do a headshot. Yeah, and and she and, and the only other thing it gives you is she can handle herself. Yeah. In a fist fight with an infected. She feels like a beast. Like yeah. She does. She feels strong and competent. One of the things I really liked about The Last of Us Part One was um, when you played as Joel. He was slow and heavy, but he hit like a truck if you punched something. Mm-hmm. And when you played as Ellie, she was fast and nimble, but you didn't want to get into any sort of fight with her, like physically. And it looks like they're still they're, they're showing that they can do this again in this game. Mm-hmm. Abby, from what you were saying and what it looked like, feels different to play as to Ellie. Yeah, for sure. And something that I want to bring up just before we finish, because there isn't a whole lot to say about Abby. It's more of her wandering through this frostbitten wilderness. The only, the only little bit is is she sees a ski lodge with light in it. She sees it right at the start before she gets tangled up in the um, zombies. Mm-hmm. And she's like, that's where patrol will be. I'm going to go there. That's the only thing. She just sets, mm. herself a, a, she sets herself somewhere to go. What I really like want you to talk about was the fact that if this game makes me play the bad guy, it's going to make me really uncomfortable. Yeah. It's, I don't want to play the person working against Ellie and Joel. And our assumption is the man they're looking for... Is Joel. Is Joel. Potentially and Tommy. Potentially Tommy. But they're the only people we can think of. Yeah. That are, like, only men we can think of that we know of in the story that are... Well, they're after bigots and they're hunting Seth. Or, like, Jesse. Yeah, but no, it's going to be it's gonna be Tommy or Joel and it's going to cause conflict with Ellie. It will make me really uncomfortable. I... I don't like being the baddie. No, Abby doesn't want to be like. I don't like playing the bad guy either. Like I've never done a uh, renegade run in Mass Effect even. Mm-hmm. For me, like, I don't know. It's different if you play the game where you are the bad guy. Because you know that's what you're getting into when you start it. Yeah, and that's kind of I'm kind of okay with that. Although I can't think of any examples that I've played. The closest I could come last night when we were talking about it was Hitman. <laughs> And that's ambiguous as to your bad guy. You're just doing a job, really. Yeah. But 
whenever we're given the choice, I, for me, a big part of gaming is the escapism of getting to be the hero. Yeah, being inspiring and stuff. Mm-hmm. Same as when you play D&D. I don't know if I'm the hero of D&D. <laughs> no, you're not actually, even if I'm that kind. <laughs> Selfish, maybe, is the word. But that's where I get my enjoyment. Yeah. So I'm a bit concerned. And it feels like the kind of thing Naughty Dog might make you do. I'm anxious again. You're anxious again. Well, we'll just have to play on and, and find out. But so far, we're really enjoying The Last of Us. We hope you are too. Um, it's really living up to the expectations we had for it. We've obviously played a bit more than what we're talking about. We're going to save that for the next episode. Yeah, we didn't want to do too much at once. Yeah, um, and we really hope you enjoyed this. And we look forward to talking more about it with you. And um, obviously, if you want to engage with us, you can find us on Twitter at Abby and Anthony. And I'm on Twitter at Ant Will Talk. Abby is on Instagram at the Abby Wilson. Um, we have a Patreon, which is we are Abby and Anthony at patreon.com. Um, and uh, be nice to us, internet. <laughs>